pushes away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. The 2022 season starts next week, so on this episode, I'm joined by Daniel Friend and Kieran Gibson to run the rule over the teams who finished in the bottom eight last year. Which ones stand a chance to make the finals this year? Listen on to find out. It is Tuesday, the 1st of March at 5pm, only a week and a half away from round one of the NRL in 2022. Daniel Friend, you're staying uh, dry down in your part of the world. I imagine the rain's starting to hit you pretty hard as we speak. Yeah, it is. It's raining very heavily here, Bo. Um, Hello, Kieran, as well, and hello, listeners. Uh, It's sort of been raining here for about two weeks, really, and now it's getting even heavier. So, yeah, staying dry by staying inside. Are you in a flood zone by any chance, or like no, no, not not in a flood, or not that I have ever known uh, since living here, which has been yeah the best part of thirty years. So couldn't imagine it'll flood. Um, just trying to yeah walk Joey as much as I can in between rain breaks. <laughs> I bet he thinks that's better than Lego. Um, going for yeah. our Joey, Kieran Gibson, welcome to you as well. Uh, how did you fare on the weekend, considering all the rain that bucketed down in southeast Queensland? Uh, I was all right. We, uh, I live in Camp Hill in Brisbane, so we're on a bit of a hill. So I think the road obviously got drenched, but it didn't. There was no buildup of water, so we were fine. Um, but yeah, I managed to run into trouble after the rain stopped yesterday when I went to drive to go for a run on grass and I went down a, a wrong road and a one way road. So I had to turn back against the traffic and go back that way, but ended up, ended up all right. I, I had a similar kind of situation where I'm, I'm fine where I am. My unit's fine. My car's fine. Um, on Sunday, I went to go for a bit of a drive. Cause I'm like, look, if I lose power, I might need some, some food and recently moving into this place, I don't have much. So, I went to go to the local Coles and that was under, uh, that least the car park was, so I couldn't go there. And I had to drive uh, a bit further north to another suburb and uh, roads closed bloody everywhere. It was it was pretty incredible to see. Um, big shout out to, obviously, all the emergency services and volunteers that are trying to help people. And uh, obviously, on behalf of Above the Horizontal, including Miles Devon, who's not with us today, um, he's a little bit busy, I'm afraid. So, on behalf of everybody at the podcast, uh, big shout out to everybody that's helping people through these floods. And obviously, our condolences to anyone that has lost property or or a loved one, which has unfortunately happened in some parts of Queensland and New South Wales. But for now, let's get into our preseason previews or essentially predictions. We're going to do it in two parts, gentlemen. We're going to do part one today, which is the bottom eight teams from last year. And part two will be next week, right before round one. So, let's start from the bottom, like like Drake did, I suppose. Uh, we'll start with last year's wooden spooners, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Quite liking their trial jerseys, by the way, with the uh, with the the berries uh, logo on the front. Bit of a throwback. I don't mind it. Uh, their big ins this season are Josh Adokar, Matt Burton, Matt Dufty, Brent Naden, Tavita Pangai Jr. And Paul Vaughan. So some fairly handy ins amongst others. And their outs include Nick Cottridge, Adam Elliott, William Hopawade, 
the immortal Lachlan Lewis. I believe Lewis is an immortal. I can't remember. <laughs> Nick Meany, Dylan Napa, and Ogden. Guys, there's a lot of movement in their roster. Kieran, where do you see the Bulldogs going this year? Can you see them doing better than, well, a wooden spoon, essentially? Uh, definitely, yeah. Um, they've brought in some uh, great cavalry out of Carr, Burton. Uh, I think Burton is the, the standout signing posi- uh, positionally where he's going to be uh, on the field. Uh, I think he'll be able to run things. Yes, he's quite young, but uh, that's a very exciting, exciting signing for the Bulldogs for probably a decade and longer. Um, and then, yeah, they've gotten rid of a fair few players that probably were uh, taking up cap space that they shouldn't have been. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm keen to see how the Bulldogs go, but I've got them finishing 12th. Yeah, a, a big improvement, but not expecting uh, miracles yet by the sounds of it. Friendy, where do you sit with them? I think it's easy to see why Kieran uh, went that way. So they have recruited a number of players. I think they'll certainly improve from last year. Um, Matt Burton, as Kieran said, he, he's the big the big signing. Um, he, he will have a big impact. But I just can't see them beating many other teams, to be honest. They, they've got no dummy half. They've got no genuine number seven to control the game. I mean, Kyle Flanagan maybe, but yeah, Avarillo for me is a centre or a six. Um, and Brandon Wakeham, he's sort of still unproven there as well. I think Gus Gould will make a, a big impact eventually on this one proud club, but I think it'll take some time and, and I've got them finishing with the wooden spoon again. Wow. Okay. Is that three years in a row for them then? No, wait, the, the Broncos. The Broncos got uh, Broncos the Broncos pinch one. one in there. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yep. I, I had to slip that one in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've. Um, that's interesting. I've got them 12th as well. I do see some improvement. I agree with you, though, about the lack of nine and a seven, and I've got some concerns about their depth in the middle. One thing I observed from watching their trial yesterday, I know it's just a trial, but it seemed to me like Matt Burton was locked in on that left-hand side. And yep. without having a, a dominant number seven, it, it is hard to see them beating a lot of teams. But some of these teams look like absolute basket cases to me. So, uh, I'm with Kieran. I'm going to put them at 12th as well, but not with a lot of confidence. And I'm certainly not one of those people that is claiming that they're going to be a top eight team. I think that's very, very premature. Miles has them at 11th. So, three of us have gone... With significant improvement, Friendy, you're the uh, you're the grouch of the group, essentially. Yep. Yeah, you got to earn your stripes with me. You got to prove it to me first, <laughs> and, then, and then I'll back you in. Haven't shown me anything for the last few years, and while they continue to give Josh Jackson all the ball at first receiver, I can't see them scoring many points, and I can't trust their defence yet with Trent Barrett as coach. So, yep, down the bottom again. Yeah. So you can you you think they probably need a smaller lock then, essentially, someone with a bit more ball playing skill push Josh Jackson out to an, to an edge, maybe? If, yeah, if that's how they want to play, it looks like they're going to split the halves and play off the hooker and off the lock from the middle of the field. Um, and but like you said, Burton on the left and whoever the other half is potentially on the right, then that's fine. But Josh Jackson is extremely tough and, and I really admire him as a player, but he is not a creative ball player, and neither is Jeremy Marshall King. So unless they're just going to basically play dufty ball, um, how many games does he last? Will he get injured? What happens if Burton goes down? There's just too many unknowns, um, and, and I have them 16th, yeah. They did have John Asiata that could have played that ball-playing lock role. Mm. Um, yeah. But obviously, yeah. Yeah, forgot to go to the doctors. <laughs> 
<laughs> True, and and Phil Gould, uh, credit to him, did have that hardline stance with uh, with the club. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you have them at the Wooden Spoon as a Cowboys fan. Um, the Cowboys came 15th last year. They uh, they brought in Petahiku, Chad Townsend, uh, Jermaine Taunua Brown, uh, as well as Brendan Elliott. So some star started in uh, recruits for the Cowboys. Um, they've lost. Lachlan Burr, just very recently, last week he retired uh, with a with a chronic hip injury. Uh, Peter Holler, Corey Jensen, Frank Molo, Justin O'Neill, and Shane Wright, and of course Michael Morgan midway through last year to retirement as well. Fifteenth last year, uh, it's hard to see a lot of upside there, isn't there, Friendy? Yeah, I, to be honest, I, they don't have a terrible roster. Their salary cap is just way out of whack, unfortunately. Um, and I think Todd Payton looks like he's he's trying to be the cranky principal when I think he should just be the laid-back substitute. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that suits... Yeah, I, I just don't think that suits him, trying to be the cranky guy. I'm, I'm not sure that's his go. It, it wasn't his go when he was a player. He was more of a sort of a silky ball player, really, for a, for a forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure why he's trying to be that uh, I think something he's not. So I love um, Hamiso Tabuafudo at the back. I, I think he's yeah phenomenal, as McInnes would say. Um, <laughs> Reese Robson, I'm a big fan of. I like their young back rowers. But uh, any side with Chad Townsend and Tom Dearden as starting halves, yeah, it's about as scary as the Wiggles. Um, I've got them uh, in 13th for me. Well, I mean, that's that's probably higher than I would have them personally. Uh, Kieran, do you do you agree that Dearden and Townsend will be the starting halves? Um, I mean, I think it's a bit a bit silly if it is, uh, and a a lot of uh, well, just no luck for Drinkwater, um, for lack of a better expression, because he was great last year for us, uh, a big part of us winning six from eight games and looking like at one stage that we might actually make the finals. Um, and then on the weekend against the Broncos, he looked really good again, uh, attacking down that left-hand side, even his kicking game. Um, and normally he's only uh, sort of known for his short kicking game, but I think he may have kicked a 40-20 in that match. I would definitely start with drink water. Uh, I do agree that Todd Payton's a bit of the angry teacher, but I think I really like how he simplified the game of a couple of players. Hess, last year, whilst I still don't rate him too highly, definitely had a better year. And then I thought uh, Townsend would come in and try to run the show and pretty much try to do everything. But I thought against the Broncos on the weekend, he really uh, had a simplified game plan, just looked to kick into the corners, uh, find the grass, didn't try to overplay his hand. And I really, I actually quite liked it. It nearly lifted my prediction, but I've still got the Cowboys coming 15th again. Yeah, I've got them at 15th as well. I'm a little bit concerned about defensive frailties, particularly on the left edge. So assuming that Drinkwater plays 5'8", They've got Drinkwater next to Holmes, next to Condon, who's not very experienced, like just inside of Drinkwater, and then Murray Tawalangi outside of Valentine Holmes. I'm not giving a lot of confidence to that. I think they do have some points in them. I agree with you, Friendy, when you say that having the hammer at the back makes a lot of sense, and having someone like Drinkwater at six would make a lot of sense. Um, but I'm not sure they have the middle rotation to consistently match it with the big sides for 80 minutes. So I, I see another tough year for the Cowboys, particularly after letting go of some of their more reliable middle rotation players in Frank Molo, Corey Jensen, obviously losing Lachlan Burr to retirement, and they've only brought in 
Tao Noel Brown to replace him. Um, it gives Griffin Neiman an opportunity, but uh, 15th for me. I'm not sure if I'm just being overly pessimistic. Friendy, do you think we're being a little bit harsh on our Cowboys? I mean, they could finish there and, and they could finish a little bit higher. I, I think there's a few sides that they're sort of you can bracket up a little bit, um, sort of in groups of four or five. Um, that would be the bottom of their bracket. I think their ceiling's probably 10th or 11th. Um, but yeah, I, I've settled on them at 13th. Miles also settled on them, on them as 15th. So, Frenda, you are the maverick of our podcast thus far. Um, let's talk about the <laughs> Brisbane Broncos. Wooden Spooners a couple of years ago, 14th last year. Their big ins include Adam Reynolds, Kurt Capewell, Ryan James, Brenko Lee, Corey Jensen, Jordan Pereira. Billy Walters, and uh, the recently recovered, it seems, Tamare Martin, uh, thankfully after that brain injury caused uh, premature retirement. The outs include the retired Alex Glenn, the the controversial Anthony Milford, Xavier Coates, Ethan Bullimore, the also controversial John Asiata, uh, Dale Copley, and Brodie Croft. Now, in terms of recruitment, they've been very busy, the Broncos, uh, Kieran, but it looks to me like they have some pretty sturdy first graders coming into the side, uh, which should improve their their depth. Uh, Do you see them improving on last year's 14th place? Uh, I do. (laughs) Not by a lot. Um, I actually went to the Broncos-Titans game on the Gold Coast the other weekend, and I quite liked what I saw from a few players. As you said, there's some standout, especially recruits. As you were saying, Adam Reynolds, Kurt Catewell looks great. Uh, always looks like he might uh, break the line when he has the ball. And for a back rower, that's uh, really good going. Um, yeah, I just think uh, fullback, as, as Brandy said about the Bulldogs, I think fullback's um, a, a struggling sort of position for the Broncos. I don't know who's going to play there. And then at hooker, I've got a lot of concerns. And then 5'8", so that's three-quarters of your spine that, you just don't know who's going to be there. And then the big thing for me is Kevin Walters. Um, without uh, going in too hard on him, I just don't know that he's a first-grade coach. Um, people will probably point to the he coached State of Origin and was successful there, but I am not convinced by him at all. And I also think if um, the likes of Adam Reynolds and uh, forgetting Katoni Staggs don't stay fit, uh, I'm a little bit worried for the Broncos. Uh, or maybe not worried. I, I don't like the Broncos, so I don't actually really care. But um, <laughs> I think I don't think they will be going too much better, and I th- the fans are expecting to go a fair bit better. So I've got them at thirteenth. Friendy, what do you make of that analysis? Well, I think Kieran's had a peek over my shoulder and looked at my notes. I agree with a lot of that. On paper, I, I think their roster is okay. I, I love their young guys. I, I love Katoni Stagg, Selwyn Cobbo, really good strike outside backs. Adam Reynolds, obviously, a great inclusion. How how much is he going to play? He, he has been known to be pretty injury-prone. Um, Payne Haas, he leads the pack, obviously. Um, it is a good young pack. With Jordan Ricky, uh, Pat Carrigan, he's put on some size. I saw on the weekend. He looks mm-hmm. really good up front. Um, I like Hetherington. So there's there's lots of things there. But as Kieran mentioned, five eight hooker, huge concern. Corey Pakes is okay, uh, but they don't know who their five eight is going to be. They've chopped and changed in the trials already. Um, Kev's probably just going to pick his son because, well, who knows what Kevin wants to do? He's got no idea, as Kieran said. Um, I don't rate him as a first grade coach whatsoever. 
I think if they had a good coach up there um, and someone that has worked with young guys before, funnily enough, someone they got rid of previously, Anthony Griffin, would probably do okay with this roster. Um, I've got them 14th uh, yeah, this year. Someone else they recently got rid of, Wayne Bennett, would probably go okay with the roster too. Um, I Yeah, I've heard he goes all right, that guy. Yeah, yeah, something suddenly is pretty good. Um, I've, I'm being a little bit more optimistic than you guys for the Broncos, I think. Um, I find it hard to see them going backwards having Adam Reynolds at the helm. I'm excited to see what Tessie New and Selwyn Cobbo can do playing off someone of Reynolds' class. Uh, they have a, a young forward pack, yes, but one that's just brewing with talent, including some okay depth on the bench. Like, you're looking at guys like maybe TC Rabati is probably not going to get in the top 17. Thomas Flegler's going to be fighting for a spot. Like, these are these are pretty good young players. Um, I don't think they're finals bound just yet. I think that's all premature talk. Um, but I can see them avoiding the bottom four. Um, I- I've got them at about 11th or 10th at the moment, which might be a bit optimistic, uh, especially compared to you guys. But I do agree with you guys that nine is a, a weak spot for them. Six certainly can be. Um, with someone like Reynolds, I wouldn't mind to see them just have somebody that tackles well, runs hard, kind of like a Jack Whiten, kind of number six. Obviously, Whiten's class above a guy like Gamble, Walters, or Kelly. But, um, yeah, just having someone that's going to run the ball and, and, and be a be a direct threat, I, I think could be a really good fit for them, which might, there's a, there's a young fellow named Ezra Mam who's, who's, uh, gone. yeah, got some raps. Very good. Um, so yep, gone. having him in there, uh, towards the end of the season might, might yield some results, particularly if Adam Reynolds is on form, even a guy like Tony Staggs making that move that they have been often talked about. Um, he could be an okay number six in that format. So, um, I've I've got higher hopes for the Broncos and than they've deserved to have in previous seasons. So we'll put them at number ten. Now let's talk about the team that came thirteenth last year, the West Tigers. Their ins include the uh British import Oliver Gildart, the uh well sort of British import Jackson Hastings. Tyrone Peachy uh will probably play lock for them, and Stafford Tor from uh from the Newcastle Knights. Their outs include Joseph Leilua. Michael Cheekham, Moses Mbai, Russell Packer, and the aforementioned Billy Walters. <laughs> you know, that's probably a net gain in terms of their recruitment. Um, but, Friendy, do we see the Tigers having an okay year this year? No, I don't, unfortunately, for the Tigers fans. Um, I think they're the basket case of the league, the West Tigers. There's... No one really steering the ship from what I can see. I, I Obviously, Tim Sheens is there now, which is, is okay, but it's going to take time for him to work his magic. And does he still have that magic? He's been in England for a long time now. It's a bit of a different game since Tim was last year. Um, yeah, they, they've got some positives there. Stefano um, Utokamano is, is an absolute quality player. Luciano Leilua, who they're letting go, and that's one of their major problems of the last, I don't know how many years, their recruitment and retention is easily the worst in the league, I think. Um, mm. It's appalling. Um, I've got them running 15th, and whilst I think he can coach, I think Madge will be gone before Origin. I tend to agree with that take. Uh, I've got them at 16th, but there's too many questions about where points are going to come from for me, I think. They start the season without their first choice, nine and six, and a rocky start might turn into a terrible season. Kieran, 
where do you have the luckless tigers uh yeah luckless again i've got them 16th and i agree with you uh, about their attack I, I don't think they really have an identity or a, a way of attacking it doesn't seem like um match is obviously uh known for his defensive um teams and yeah i just think in attack they looked inept and clueless i i, I think they're last for sure Miles also has them last. And by the way, he had the Broncos at 10th as well. Uh, I forgot to mention that earlier. Let's move on to our New Zealand friends, the New Zealand Warriors. They came in 12th last year. Their ins include Sean Johnson, Ash Taylor, and Aaron Penne from the Storm. And there's a huge amount of outs, uh, including Leeson Armau, Kane Evans, David Fusitua, Peter Hiku. Sean O'Sullivan, Jermaine Taunoa Brown, Chad Townsend, who spent the end of last year at the Warriors, Paul Turner, and of course, one of New Zealand's greats, um, Roger Tuivasa Sheck. They came 12th last year. Kieran, with a lot of outs there, how are they going to cope? Uh, I don't think they will cope too well. Um, even, even if I look at Paul Turner, I think that that's a bit of a, a let go. Um, Obviously, he hasn't played a lot of first grade, but I thought he, he'd been all right from what he showed um, in his glimpses of NRL. And then, yeah, um, the big one is obviously RTS. That's just a massive loss. I mean, how many games would you say that you've watched the Warriors and you thought they, they just wouldn't have won that game without RTS? Even if he wasn't setting up the plays, just his the way he drives the players. Um, Captain, leader, legend is a very fitting description for him, and I think that that's just going to be... Too big of a loss for the Warriors this season. I've got them finishing 14th. Friendly, hard to argue. Yeah, I, I'm going to. All right. Um, I really like I really like the Warriors roster. Uh, I like their spine. I think there's plenty of points in this in their spine. Um, Wade Egan, I'm a big rap on him. I like Reese Walsh. Sean Johnson coming back to the club. I think he's got some unfinished business there. He he will need to stay on the field for them to be successful. Uh, they've got a few options at six. By the looks of their trials, it looks like Nicarima may play there. Um, I'd probably start with Ash Taylor, but that's just that's just me. I think Adam Fanua Blake is one of the premier props in the competition. Um, there's there's plenty of big boys up front. I love their outside backs. Rocco Berry, um, just there's a little tip for this year. Watch him out in the centres. Um, yeah, I, I really like them. I have them finishing seventh. Oh, hello. That's, um, that might foreshadow, uh, a team that you particularly like maybe tumbling out of the eight. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so seventh. Wow. Um, interesting. And when you talk about, um, some of the players they have across the park, I mean, that's not even mentioning a guy like Torhu Harris, who I think is one of the best back rollers going around. Uh, Very underrated player. Um, you know, Matt Lodges, you know, a pretty effective prop on his day. Mm-hmm. Um, Chanel Harris to Vida, you can throw him in the mix to add to that halves depth that they yep. seem to have. So even if Sean yep. Johnson can't stay on the field, um, you know, the entire season, you've got guys like Ash Taylor, Cody Nicarima and Chanel Harris to Vida fighting for two spots. So, you know, like there's, there's some good signs there. Um, I fall on the same side as Kieran when it comes to, replacing the class of RTS. It's not as... Because, like, Reese Walsh, as, as you rightly say, Friendy, a very high-quality player. It seems like he's a player on the rise, too, and and may well be as effective in attack. Um, but RTS was so much more than just the attack. Um, 
the amount of times that you'd see him scrambling across in defense in, in the corner to stop a winger from scoring or um, or just being a, a good human and a good leader and, and someone that the whole club respected. Um, I don't see who's filling that void. You know, I like, you know, speak to Fanua Blake and Lodge as you will, but they don't command the same respect because of their off-field exploits. Um, Sean Johnson doesn't quite command the same respect as RTS for a lack of consistency. Um, Reese Walsh is too young. Cody's not quite in that class. Um, I, I worry about the lack of RTS. So I've got them at 13th personally. Um, I think 7th is, is, a, is a huge call. Miles has them at 14th. Um, so I've got a soft spot for the Warriors. I'd love to see them get there. Um, but I just don't see it, mate. I just, I, I, um, I think that's a, that's a, that's probably the, the boldest call so far. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's certainly a bold prediction. Uh, I've gone off, gone off early there, um, before we actually get into those during the season. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked them last year. I, I think they were building nicely. Um, I, I, of course they'll miss Roger Tuovasashek, but in terms of how they actually played last year, he genuinely played on the wing when Reese Walsh got there. Um, so whether a winger has as much impact uh, to, I don't know, to, to not move them up the ladder, I think there's much more upside this year than there was last year. They're also based at Redcliffe as well. I think they've got all their families there. I, I'm sort of a bit of a fan of that um, camp-style setup that they have. They all get together, it'd be a really tight-knit group. Yeah, I, I can see them finishing. I, I could be completely wrong, but yeah, I've got them at seventh, and um, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty hot on the Warriors this year. That's a good call about RTS, by the way, about him playing a fair bit on the wing last year. So, I mean, you know, the logic stacks up. Let's talk about the uh, Saint George Illawarra Dragons. They came eleventh last year. A lot of roster movement for them, with George Burgess coming in, uh, Jack Gazewski from the Sea Eagles, Moses Mbai, Tao Tao Monga. Frank Molo, Jaden Sua, Aaron Woods, and Moses Suley. Their outs include Adam Clune, Matt Dufty, Cade Ellis, Cameron McInnes, who didn't play at all last year, but he still counts as an out, uh, Trent Merrin, Corey Norman, Jordan Pereira, and Paul Vaughan. Friendly, a fair bit of a clean out there from Griff. Um, what, what do you make of it? Yeah, I, they did have to move a few pieces around, I think. Um, I, I don't mind... Their roster, the Dragons, I really like their youngsters, um, young Sloan and Amone. I think they'll have a big impact on their attack, um, specifically for the Dragons. I like Jack Bird, especially if he's playing in the number 13 jersey, which mm-hmm. it looks like he may. Um, the thing that concerns me for them, though, is are those young guys going to be able to play a full season or, or 20 games or something like that to get that consistency um, in attack and... I'm not huge on their front row rotation. Uh, I, Molo, I don't mind, but if you're starting with Aaron Woods, um, yeah, I, he doesn't set much of a platform for mine. But, yeah, I, I've got them finishing ninth, the Dragons. It looks like Jack DeBellin is also um, going to be moving into the front row, um, which is interesting. And I haven't heard much about what Jack, what, well, sorry, what George Burgess is going to be doing uh, at this stage, but time will tell there. Ninth would certainly be an improvement for the Dragons. I'm, I think that's something that they'd be fairly happy with considering the youth of their roster. Kieran, do you have a similar read on the Dragons? 
Uh, I do. I quite like their youngsters as well, and um, the Fagai brothers as well. Uh, they look quite promising. Um, and then, yeah, just as Friendy said, I'm a little bit worried about their front row. Well, their whole pack. Um, I just don't, yeah. I mean, George Burgess is getting on. Um, he's not the most consistent performer. When he's good, he's great. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know about their forward pack. So uh, the reason I put them at 10th is largely because of Ben Hunt and, and their promising youngsters um and then yeah zach lomax he's a great goalkeeper as well so that could win them a few games i was actually tempted to nudge them up tonight um but no i think 10th i'll settle with them for them i've I've got them at ninth as well as friendy and for very similar reasons and you guys have both listed both the reasons actually or three three of the reasons very promising youngsters Ben Hunt having basically the rule of the roost, and he's been very impressive the last couple of years, particularly at rep level. Um, and Jack Bird at lock, big fan, big fan of that. I can see them challenging for the eight, but not quite making it. And Miles has them in 13th, so he's a, he's less hot on the Dragons. Um, and I guess that's very possible because with so much youth, as, as you mentioned, Friendy, can they get... 15, 20 good games out of these kids um, or will the pressures of playing against men week in, week out um, sort of stunt them a little bit? Time will tell. Um, I've got them at 9th, so do you, and Kieran has them at 10th, but yeah, Miles has them at 13th and that seems equally possible to me. Um, let's move on to the Raiders. We're to the top 10 now. The Raiders came 10th last year, uh, which was an underwhelming season for them considering how well they did in the previous couple of years. Uh, their ins include the returning Nick Cottridge. They've got Adam Elliott from the Bulldogs. They've got Jamal Fogarty from the Titans. And they've got Peter Holar from the Cowboys. Their outs include Saliba Havili, Ryan James, Queensland legend Dinamis Louis, uh, well-known good boy Curtis Scott, Bailey Simonson, and <laughs> the excellent club man and excellent consistent player Sia Soliola. Kieran, what do you make of this Raiders team? There's a, it feels like inconsistency personified to me. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think man for man, if you go throughout their squad, you'd say that uh, inconsistency. Uh, I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of the media saying that the, the Raiders are going to have a bounce back season. Um, I don't quite see it. Uh, Nick Hotrick coming back. I don't know if that's a good or a bad. He's a, he's a class player, but, uh, he had a very lean season last year. Hopefully he can rediscover some form. Adam Elliott, that's, I mean, the amount of disciplinary issues he's had. And the Raiders are kind of getting a rep for signing a couple of players here and there that are off the field or not always there. Um, and yeah, it, it can kind of derail your season a little bit because you have to fill in. Uh, with other lesser experienced players that might not be as good as well, but um, it's probably better to give them a crack straight away than sign someone who you don't know is going to be there all the time because of what they're doing off the field. Um, Jamal Fogarty, I, I do like the signing of that. Um, I just sort of wonder how Jack, how well Jack White is going to go this season. He, he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders up or down there in Canberra. Um, I, I quite like him as a player. I, I think he's, I think he's. Uh, uh, maybe origin level. Uh, he was, it definitely was a couple of years ago. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm kind of alluding to the fact that I think his form is starting to drop off. And I don't, I don't think he's going to have, um, one of his better seasons. 
Uh, so for that reason, I couldn't push the Raiders into the into the eight. I've got them finishing ninth. Friendy, what do you think? Yeah, pretty similar. I've I've got the Raiders in tenth this year. Um, I, I do like their side. Young Xavier Savage. Uh, I was at the trial on uh, last Friday night. Um, watching the Raiders and Xavier Savage, he just looks absolute class for mine. It looks like to me, from what I saw in the trial, they're going to try and play just a complete power game with with their um, big outside backs and then their big forward pack. They're just going to try and rumble down the middle, play off Josh Hodgson, um, and then split the halves either side. So Fogarty on the right and and White on the left. Um, I think they will beat. The, the poor sides and I think they could even bully some of them and put some really big scores on but I just can't see them being consistent enough to, to match it with the big guys um, or the big teams at the end so yeah I've got them in 10th place I wouldn't be surprised if they play finals but um, yeah I just I had to leave them out I'm with you. I've got them at 11th. It's been an underwhelming piece of recruitment for me, so that has me pretty lukewarm on them. I am excited about Xavier Savage. I agree with you totally. But let's be honest, he's played three first-grade games. He might be at least a season before he shows us exactly what he's capable of. Um, again, it's that thing about kids playing against men. Um, is he there? Well, I hope so for Canberra and for Queensland's sake as well. Um but, yeah, I, I've got them at 11th. Inconsistency, I think, will be the, the tail of the tape there. And the last team we're covering today is the Sharks, who came in at 9th. They have made some astute recruitments, I think. They, they've got Craig Fitzgibbon as coach, for a start. Um, they've got Del Finucan coming in with Nico Hines, Cameron McGuinness, and Matt Ikevalu, with Will Chambers and Josh Dugan leaving the club with Aaron Woods and Sean Johnson. Now, Friendy, there's, um, in terms of the recruitment at least, you'd probably say it's a net gain there for the Sharks. Do you see them pushing into the finals this year? Um, I, I don't, Bo. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do play finals, much like the Raiders. I think there's enough there for them to play finals footy, and I know a lot of people have even got them pushing the four. Um, I just, I'm really, uh, not sold on their halves. Uh, Nico Hines, whilst he played halves in the juniors, I think for me he's really unproven um, at the moment in the six or the seven. I don't think they have a genuine seven um, there to, to steer the ship. So Braden Trindle is there, but will he actually start? Will Matt Moylan start? They've got young Metcalf as well. I'm, I'm really not sure. I think Dale Finucane, super player, had a really good career. I don't think he's a front rower in, in this competition. I think he's more a lock. They've also got Cameron McGuinness, who is going to play lock. Where do they all fit in in the jigsaw puzzle? Does young Braley stay fit? Um, he's had a few injuries just through, basically through his lack of size, really, and I, I really rate him as a crafty number nine. But if they have some injuries there, I, yeah, I, I'm not too sure about Cronulla. I think they, yeah, they, they may play finals, but I've got them in 11th position. Interesting. Kieran, what do you make of, of the Sharks' season coming up? Uh, I'm a little bit higher on the Sharks. Um, I guess I was straight off the bat, I've got them finishing uh, in eighth spot, um, which I was tinkering with quite a bit or, or uh, debating a lot because I just wasn't quite sure, uh, especially the halves, as Friendy said. I, I don't like Trindle there. I, I'm, 
I haven't watched nearly as much as what um, Freddy would have of Nico Hines, but I am keen to see how he goes there in the halves, wherever, uh, whichever spot he has. Um, most likely five eighth. Um, but yeah, I think the, the the players that the Sharks got rid of and then replaced some of them with, um, I you couldn't unless you're the Roosters, Panthers, um, Storm, you couldn't really ask for better replacements. Uh, Dale Finucane, Nico Hines, Cameron McInnes, Matt Ikavalu, who's been a proven try scorer. Um, at, admittedly, at the on the back of a, a Roosters, red hot Roosters back line, um, yeah, I've got them finishing eight. Uh, I'm not sold on them finishing eight, but um, I definitely couldn't push them any higher because of other teams ahead of them. Well, I'm going to do that. I've got them at number one. Um, no, I don't actually. <laughs> I've, I've got them coming. I've got them coming seventh, and so does Miles. Um, I do have them pushing into the eighth, but but getting getting rolled in the first week of finals probably. Um, I think they've they've consolidated their roster pretty well. I think adding players like Fanukin and McInnes is more than just their on field stuff; it's their off field stuff as well. They're two born leaders and workhorses. Nico Hines is class, so he should have a positive impact overall. But I do, like Friendy says, have some doubts about their halves, particularly considering that Hines and Moylan appear to be the preferred choice for six and seven. I, I and you know when you extend it out to Trindle. Connor Tracy, Luke Metcalf, they just don't have a natural number seven. And and that will hurt them in the big games, I think. I could be wrong. Hines has proven to be somebody that is capable of exceeding expectations. But um, I, I'm yet to see it. So, uh, that's I've got them at seventh. The one thing with the Sharks, I will say, Bo, is they won't beat themselves. They'll... they'll They'll be like their coach in that respect, how Fitzgibbon used to play, tough, gritty, um, and, and they won't beat themselves. You will have to beat Cronulla, but I think the the good sides will be able to score enough points against them because I'm not sure. I know they beat up on the Bulldogs last night in the trial, but I'm not sure they have the cre- the creativity that people think they're going to have. Yeah, I like especially especially with that new halves pairing. I mean, like you've got two guys that are not maybe natural halves, Never playing together before. One of them's touch and go with injury all the time. Um, you know, there, there could be a lot of inconsistency there. And then, so how do how do the centers and the wingers get ball? You know, it's um, I, I, Kira, I know that Connor Tracy is the greatest player of all time, according to you. But <laughs> I mean, as, as a strike left center, does that does that strike fear into opponents? I'm I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, probably not. He's not quite a Katoni Staggs, or I think Staggs plays on the right, but um, yeah, I, a little bit worried about their halves pairing for sure. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. Uh, speaking of those good teams that Friendy was talking about, we will be covering the teams that came from eighth to first last year. We're going to do that next week, uh, right before round one. Guys, as always, thank you very much for your company and and shout out to Miles Stebman, who could not be with us tonight. And uh, as I mentioned at the start, uh, a big shout out to all the listeners. Um, I hope that you are safe and well from the floods and uh, a big thank you to any volunteers and emergency crews out there that are keeping people safe um, and trying to protect people's property. It's it's really great work that you're doing out there. Um, Kieran, any any shout outs from you at all today? Um, my new favorite song at the moment. I'll give 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 it a shout out. It's uh, "Thinking of You" by Joseph, and that's spelled J O E S E F. Really good song. Check it out. 
You are such a hipster. I love it. Friendy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My shout-out is a little bit self-indulgent this week, but I'm going to shout-out my first-grade cricket side for the Southern Spirit. We took out the T20 Championship on the weekend. Um, It was great fun. So, well done, lads. Yeah, indeed. And and shout-out to a friend of the pod, Ethan Jones. He's part of that team, is he not? Yes, he is. Yes, yes. Jonesy is in that squad Um, when we had a really good night afterwards as well. So, he was there till... Uh, the wee hours of the morning with myself. Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.